Makuta Sikh is Chelik Chavdalad, the Sikh on Chamisha Asabaav, which is also a Siyam on the Sechta Tainis, a summary of the Sikh. At the end of the, the Sechta Tainis, the Mishnah says there were no Yom Taivim for the Jewish people like the 15th above and Yom Kippur. So we're going to talk about the 15th above. The Gemara explains a number of reasons why it's such a big cell. Why? What's the Yom Tov Tubav? So one of the answer is that it's the day that the Shvatim were permitted to marry each it, within each other without restriction. The reason for this problem was if a woman inherits a piece of la- the land, the inheritance of land from her father, because she doesn't have any brothers. So then if she marries somebody from another Shevet, so their children will be according to the other Shevet. And when she dies and they inherit the land, so that piece of land, which was supposed to be belong to a certain Shevet, now moved over to another Shevet because her children. So therefore, the Torah says, this was came up by the, the daughters of Tzalafchad. So the Torah says that a woman that inherits the uh, inheritance land of Yisrael should marry within her tribe only. But then, and uh, eventually, they decided that this was only meant for the first generation that entered at Yisrael, and after that, they're allow- anyone is allowed to marry anyone. So that happened on Tubaav. Another reason is given: it's the uh, the Shevet Binyamin, which at some point was banned from marrying out into the rest of the Jewish community because of the events that happened by Pelegish Begiva. They were punished in this way. And then eventually they were they removed that restriction and everybody could marry into Sheva Binyamin. So that also happened on Tuba Av. Another reason is it is the day in which the people that were dying over the forty years that they were in the midbar, because Hashem said that because of the sin of the Miraglin, nobody would of the people that were twenty years old when they left Mitzrayim would enter Eretz Yisrael. So they died out over the forty years that they were in the midbar. And on the 15th above, they realized that nobody was dying anymore. And in other words, it ended on Tuba of the people that were dying before they went into Israel. Another reason is it's the day that Hosea, the king Hosea ben Ela, removed the sentries, which uh, Yeroboam and Avot had set up sentries on the crossroads when people wanted to go to Yerushalayim for Leah Leregel, he prevented them from going. And then on Tuba of Hesheya ben Eilu, the, the new king removed those centuries, and now they were able to go. The Jews were able to freely go to Yerushalayim. Another reason that is given is it's the day that the people that were killed, the, the tens of thousands of Jews that were killed in Beitar, when the Romans conquered Beitar, they didn't allow them to bury the people, and then eventually on Tuba of they permitted them to bury the people. Then at the end, the Gemara says that Rabbah and Rabbi Yosef both say that the, uh, the celebration of Tubaav is because that's the day that they stopped cutting the wood for the Mizbeach. They always needed wood for the Mizbeach, and over the summer they would cut the wood prepared for the rest of the winter, but on Tubaav they stopped cutting the wood. And Rabbi Lezer Agodal explained that from the 15th above, the sun becomes less intense, so it's not as hot and it doesn't dry the wood as well, and therefore they didn't want any more of that wood, that was already going to be too wet, not dry enough, and they stopped cutting wood for the Mizbeach. Rabbi Nashia came along and said, and this day, Tuba'av was called the day of the breaking of the hatchets. 
So to analyze this Gemara, we can understand by all the previous, the, uh, the first reasons that were given why it should be considered a yamta, because all of them removed some sort of a difficulty that the Jewish people had. And like, for instance, when the Shvatim were permitted to marry without restriction, when Sheba bin Yomer was able to marry into the community. Of course, that's a celebration. When the people stopped dying in the Midbar is a good reason for a Yom Tov. When now they could go to Aliyah uh, Laregel to Yerushalayim, good reason for a Yom Tov. And so on, when they were able to bury the, the people that were killed in Betar. But what about the last reason, which is that they stopped cutting wood for the Mizbeach? What is so un- what's so special? Why is that considered a Yom Tov? What makes that into a Yom Tov? And not only is it a Yom Tov, but it's considered to be a great Yom Tov. There was never such a Yom Tov like the 15th above. Why? Because they stopped cutting wood for the Mizbeach. What's so, why is stopping to cut, uh, prepare wood for the Mizbeach considered to be a Yom Tov to begin with? It's certainly a big Yom Tov. But from the fact that it, this is the opinion of Rabbi and Rabbi Yosef, and uh, in fact also Rabbi Nashia, so three of the sages pinned the reason on this, so it must be that this is the main reason why it's considered to be a Yom Tev, as opposed to all the other reasons which are given by individual Amirayim. So it would stand to reason that this is the most prominent reason, but we have to understand what is that, what kind of a reason is it? Rabbeinu Gershon gives an explanation that the, why this is considered a Yom Tev, because until then the people that were busy uh, involved in cutting the wood, they didn't have time to learn Torah. And now they finished cutting the wood. Now they can go back to learning Torah. That's the reason for the Yom Tov. But that's a little difficult to understand because that means that it's shining a light. It's pointing to the fact that the cutting of the wood was somehow a problem. And when they finished cutting the wood, now they're back to normal and they could start learning Torah. The Rashbam says it differently. He says that because they concluded this important mitzvah, this mitzvah gedoyla, so therefore, just like you would make a, when you complete a Sefer Torah, when you complete the project, so it's a big celebration, which is understood. So therefore, they finished the, uh, the activity, the uh, project of cutting wood for the Mizbeach, so they made a, it was a Simcha Gedoyle. So we have to understand, what is it, why is it considered a Mitzvah Gedoyle? Why is this particular Mitzvah of cutting wood for the Mizbeach considered a Mitzvah Gedoyle? In fact, it's only really a Heksher Mitzvah it's really the preparation for a mitzvah. The mitzvah is burning the wood on the mizbeach, burning carbonus on the mizbeach. This is only the, prep, the preparation step for it. So why is it considered a mitzvah gedolah? In fact, we don't find that by any other completion of a mitzvah we should make the big yomtiv, like there was no yomtiv like this ever before. Even by completing the Sefer we don't go to that uh, length. So what makes it so special? What makes this so special? Then we go to the uh, statement of Remenashi, and he, they called it the day that the uh, hatchets were broken. So there's a machlaikis whether that means literally, or it just means that because they stopped, wo- uh, uh, they stopped cutting wood, so therefore they said, this is the day that the, uh, it's like they laid to rest the hatchets. But... But the Rajbam and Rashi, they seem to say that it's literally that they used to, used to break the hatchets. It's the day in which they broke the hatchets. So we have to understand about that. Why is it? What's the point of breaking a hatchet that seems to be baltashkes, a waste of resources? And even though you could say that they didn't want to use the same hatchet for cutting ordinary wood as they did for cutting for the mitzvah, so they could just put it away for next year and bring it out again next year. Why do they have to break it? 
And not only do they break it, but they even name the day over the act of breaking the hatchet. So what is the meaning of it? So to explain the whole matter. This statement of Rab Shemingam Lil that there was never such a yamtav like Chamisha Ba'asabah comes in continuation to the words of the Mishnah, which the Mishnah talked about Tishabah. That Tishabah is the saddest day of the Jewish year. So Rab Shemingam Lil says, on the other hand, the Tuba'av was the antidote to Tishabah. And Tishabah was the saddest day of the year. Tuba'av was the day which countered all of the things which make. Tishabab into the saddest day and Tuba became the happiest day to explain item by item one of the reasons that is given for why Tishabab is such a sad day is because that's the day that the Jewish people were told in the time of the Meraglim that they would not enter Eretz Yisrael, anyone alive today or the age of 20 today will not enter Eretz Yisrael, that makes it a sad day the counter to that is that on Tuba of 40 years later they stopped dying, so that is why that became such a big celebration to counter, it counters the Tishabav sadness another reason why it's given that Tishabav is a sad day because that's when Betar was conquered by the Romans and they killed tens of thousands of Jews even more, hundreds of thousands perhaps, and so that's the reason for the sadness so finally Tishabav when they finally permitted them to bury the dead, so therefore it became this is a reason for celebration to counter what the sadness of Tishabav. Also, the first reason that the Gemara gives, which is that now the Shvatim were able to intermarry without restriction, also counters the fact that the Yidin were told that they would not be able to enter Eretz Yisrael. Why is that? Because as long as the Shvatim could not, uh, without restriction, marry each other, and it was because they didn't want portions of one Shevet to be transferred to another Shevet, that meant that for two reasons the Jewish people had not yet taken hold of Eretz Yisrael fully because if you have a piece of land and you cannot sell it to anyone that you want for instance to somebody from another Shevet that means that you don't own it fully you have restrictions so you haven't yet fully inherited your piece of Eretz Yisrael the same is true that your relationship to the rest of Eretz Yisrael, besides for the section of your Shevet, you have no relationship with it because you can't sell it to anyone. You can't buy, you can't buy a piece of Eretz Yisrael in any other Shevet's territory. Which means that a Yid has no connection to 80-90% of Eretz Yisrael because he can't buy that piece. But now when they took away that restriction, so now every Yid owns his own land fully because he can sell it without restriction. And he also can buy any part of Eretz Yisrael without restriction. And therefore he's now connected to every part, at least potentially to every part of Eretz Yisrael. So that counters the fact that the Yidin were told on Tishbub that they won't be able to enter Eretz Yisrael. And on Tubaav, now they fully entered Eretz Yisrael with full ownership of their own land and the potential to buy any piece of Eretz Yisrael. Now, even though the, the Mishnah gives five reasons why Tishabav is a sad day, but certainly without question, the main reason, the central reason is because of the destruction of the Beis Amikdash. More parti- particularly, particularly is the destruction of the second Beis Amikdash, because that, as the Shulchan Aruch says, is more connected to us. The first Beis Amikdash destruction was already rebuilt, and that's not what led to our problem today. But the second base of destruction is what led to our problem that we are in. 
So that's the main reason. And therefore, because that's the main reason, therefore the, the ending of the cutting of the wood for the Mizbeach is what's meant to counter that, the destruction of the Beis Amigdash. How is that? We'll explain. The destruction of the Beis Amigdash has two components to it. One is the actual destruction of the Beis Amigdash, which means we can no longer bring carbonus. We can't do all the things that the Beis Amigdash offered. The second thing is the reason why the Beis Amigdash was destroyed, which, as we know, for the second Beis Amigdash was the fact that there was baseless hatred, hatred for no reason, sinas chinam. So the and the cessation of cutting the wood on Tuba of represents an answer, a counterpoint to both of those problems. So to explain, the whole project of cutting wood for the for the Mizbeach was for the purpose that any time during the year, afterwards, any uh, all year long until the new, next summer, there would be enough wood for individuals to bring their carbonus to be able to gain atonement for the community carbonus to be brought and this was all done by those volunteers that spent the summer cutting wood all for the purpose of making available wood for all those who needed carbonus so there the it was basically an, an exercise of tzedakah they were giving charity and it's not any ordinary charity charity in itself is considered to be the mitzvah the Yerushalmi Refer, when it says the, a mitzvah without defining which mitzvah it's talking about means stucker. that's considered to be the central mitzvah in addition to, the fact, to this stucker in this case was both quantitatively giving stucker to every single Jew because every year they had a connection to the Karbanis and the Beis Amigdash whether they brought their own personal carbon or because they were an owner they were part of every single community carbon so when the volunteers were giving this tzedakah, they were actually giving it to every single yid. It's a tzedakah. Where do you find a tzedakah which actually benefits every single Jew in the world? And also qualitatively, if without this volunteer doing the work of cutting the wood, there would be no karbanas be able to be brought. That's something which is unimaginable. So they were providing this important service. They were pasha doing tzedakah which explains why this is considered to be such a great, he calls it a mitzvah g'dayla, because by doing this service of cutting wood for the, for the Beis HaMikdash, that's how the Beis HaMikdash was established. Because what is the primary function of the Beis HaMikdash? It's to bring carbonus. That's what its primary function is. They made it possible to be able to bring carbonus. In addition to that, the reason why the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, which was for sinas chinam, cause baseless hatred they did the exact opposite they gave tzedakah and they did favors and showed love for every single Jew those are the two things which counter the destruction of the Beis Amigdash and its reason this act of completing the cutting of the wood for the Maracha was countering both the fact that the Beis Amigdash would have been, it was destroyed and also the fact that Sinas Chinam, they've turned it around and they made it Abbas Chinam for every single Jew. Comes along Rabbi Nashia and he adds a deeper concept to this whole thing. He says, even without this, even before they start using the wood of the Beis Amigdash that they had cut for the Mizbeach, just on the day itself, when they finished cutting, what did they do? 
we know that we are told in regards to the, uh, the stones of the Mizbeach that if iron touches a stone that is meant to be placed into the Mizbeach or even when it's in the Mizbeach that stone becomes disqualified from being used on the Mizbeach you're not allowed to put iron onto the stones of the Mizbeach for what reason? Because so our sages explain because the Mizbeach is meant to lengthen the days of man because it brings atonement and so on iron is meant it was created to shorten the days of man that's what they made uh, war implements uh, swords and spears and so on that was the tools of war the tools of killing so therefore they don't fit with the Mizbeach therefore on the day that they finished cutting the wood using the iron for the purpose of promoting what the Mizbeach is all about the minute that's over iron now becomes counterproductive so therefore they, they broke all the, the uh, hatchets that they used in order to cut the wood once it's no longer necessary for preparing the wood it was a day that they broke all the, the iron implements in order to bring out that point now metal is no good here this is, it, it doesn't fit with the Mizbeach let's break it, let's get rid of it and so even before they began to use the Mizbeach the wood for the Mizbeach, they already brought out the fact that they are building and, and enhancing and strengthening what the Mizbeach is all about by breaking the, the uh, hatchets. So based on this, that the whole Hamishos above was all an exercise in Avas Yisrael and Achtos Yisrael to bring Jews together to do Tzedakah for Yidin and so on. We can now understand how the celebration was conducted. The Gemara explains that the... Um, the Jewish young women would go in Yerushalayim would go out into the they would dance in circles in the vineyards and even though there were many different statuses levels and statuses there was as the Gemara explains there were the beautiful ones and the ones from important families and then there were the plain ones and, and so on it goes on to, to enumerate other categories they all danced in one circle they all came together regardless of where you came from and what your background was and what your current status was even more so they would borrow clothing everybody wore white clothing but nobody wore their own they always borrowed from someone else this was in order to make sure that if somebody didn't own their own they wouldn't be embarrassed and because everybody's borrowing anyway they'll buy, so they're borrowing and the order in which they borrowed was that the daughter of the king borrowed from the daughter of the king Godel and the daughter of the Kayin Gadol borrowed from the assistant Kayin Gadol and this kept going somebody from a higher status insisted on borrowing from somebody from a lower status in other words expressing that I even though I may be on a higher uh, on a higher level than you but I need you and I want to I need you to help me so that I could have a garment to dance with another exercise in beautiful exercise in unity and bringing out the unity between all Jewish people and then the final words of the, of the Masechta are that Hashem will make a circle for the Tzaddikim and he will sit amongst them and in the, in the, when Mashiach comes in Gan Eden and each one will be able to point to him and say this is my God and this refers to every single Jew because Amech Kulam Tzaddikim so that will be the big circle on that day which is the day of La'asid Lobi when Mashiach comes which they will break all hatchets meaning to say they will beat all their swords into plowshares as the prophecy says and then all people will the, the people will live 
eternally, forever, not just long life, but eternally. And every yid will be part of that circle around Hashem. All the tzaddikim will make the circle around Hashem, and they made this happen. B'meir ve'yameinu.